Well, good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to the Sunday service here at Ananda Village. My name is Nayaswami Anandi. This is Nayaswami Bharat. And this morning's talk will be given by Jitendra. Um, we'll read first from Rays of the One Light, which are weekly commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita, written by Swami Kriyananda. This week's reading is called, How High Should We Aspire? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. The passage this week is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 5. I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. The easiest explanation for these words is that they were spoken in criticism of the scribes and Pharisees, particularly since Jesus was often verbally attacked by them and stood up to them fearlessly. However, it wouldn't have been much of a challenge to the disciples who aspired to spiritual perfection to tell them, don't be like those who lack any such aspiration. Jesus, in fact, says only a few verses later, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. What Jesus was referring to here then was the self-righteousness of the priests. Don't seek perfection, he was saying to his disciples, in the image you project toward others. Don't be satisfied with goodness born merely of ego definitions. The highest virtue is to transcend the very thought of personal virtue in the realization of God alone as the doer. Before this realization, even the thought, I am kind, or I am truthful, is self-limiting. As it says in the Bhagavad Gita, the seventh chapter, yet hard the wise Mahatma is to find, that man who saith, all is Vasudev. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. Blessed Sunday, everyone. I'd like to begin with reading from Whispers from Eternity, and I'm going to read a few portions of this much longer uh, passage in this beloved book, Whispers from Eternity, by Paramahansa Yogananda. And this is entitled, O Divine Mother, I am thine, for thou art eternally mine. I lay garlands of my devotion, strung with many-hued flowers of lofty inspiration at thy lotus feet. Alas, Divine Mother, I have yet to behold thy bliss face peeping 
from behind what I know now to be only veils. The thick clouds of outward appearance are offset by little teasing hints of thy smile. Reflected in the breeze, rippled, flickering thoughts. How long I have yearned to behold thee. My yearning burns with a million tongues of flame. By my light of concentrated aspiration, all falseness has been consumed. Ah, but Divine Mother, where art thou? A great void around me mocked my very yearning. Why, I asked, and my tears fell, dew drops of shining light from my firmament above. Then at last, thy sweet voice came, tender with compassion. I heard thee say, the very light by which thou seeketh me is already myself. Thou hast sought me elsewhere than in thyself. Yet I am thou, thou art I. There can never be aught but thine own self. I come to thee through thyself. Worship me as separate if you like, but know who I am, thy very own self. O eternal beloved child, we are one. Very beautiful prayer poem by our guru and very, very much relating to today's topic of how high we should aspire. Our guru wrote a poem describing the state of samadhi, that state of consciousness which is that awareness of the unity with all things. In a part of this poem, Yogananda writes that this state of samadhi bliss is enjoyable beyond imagination of expectancy. Samadhi bliss. Enjoyable beyond imagination of expectancy. And so how high we shall aspire. That very question, as we saw reflected in the reading, as long as we're asking the question, how high should I aspire? We're limiting ourselves. We're putting that, we're keeping that veil, wrapping, just as Yogananda described as the silkworm, which uh, creates that woven silk around its, its body. And he said, if the silkworm doesn't leave that cocoon that it creates before the silkman comes, he will be taken away and he will die in his own woven um, creation. And we often can do this in our minds. And we must realize that this state of oneness, this state which is our true self, as Divine Mother has so sweetly spoken to us to remind us that Divine Mother, this Om vibration, God comes to us through ourself and dwells within us. And so, as we begin to understand that no matter how much we try to cognize this state of uh, expansion of oneness, the mind cannot come close to that realization. But one thing that is helpful is that our guru defined this state of self-realization. 
which I very often try to remember. And he said that self-realization, this, this knowing, and um, self-realization is the knowing in all parts of body, mind, and soul that you are in the position of the kingdom of heaven within you. You need not pray for it to come. God's omnipresence is your omnipresence. All you have to do is increase your knowing. And this is the journey on the spiritual path, this increasing of this knowing. Swami Kriyananda said that the closer your consciousness gets to the divine ocean, the more you sense your connection in unity with all things. And this is, in essence, what is happening for all of us on the spiritual path, is it is consciousness. The more we let go of all of those things within our life that keep us bound, that keep us separate, we begin to feel our consciousness merging in that divine consciousness. And so easy it is for us to get caught up in trying to measure our, our spiritual progress, our closeness to this divine ocean of consciousness by outward measures. And I wanted to share a joke that was very dear to Swami Kriyananda, uh, whom we celebrated his uh, passing, his uh, day of liberation, uh, which was in 2013 on April 21st. And he very much enjoyed this joke, which I think has good importance to it relating to today's topic. And it's a story of a Jewish man and his friend who was a Catholic. And they were together one day, and the Jewish man asked his friend, whom was Catholic, he said, how high can you get in your religion? And the Catholic man said, well, if you're, if you're serious, you can, you know, become a priest. And his friend, the Jewish man said, well, what then? And he said, well, if you're good at, you know, becoming a priest, then you could become a Mount Senior. And then, of course, his Jewish uh, friend said, well, what then? He said, well, if you are really good and you're doing well, then you can become a cardinal, a bishop. And he said, if you're really good, then you can become the pope. And his friend, the Jewish man, said, that's all? And his friend, the Catholic, said, well, what do you want? Jesus Christ? And he replied, well, why not? One of our boys made it. <laughs> and I very much enjoyed this joke because, you know, this outward measure of our success and our proximity to that ocean of consciousness limits us if we're approaching it with that sense of I, with that sense of ego. And <clears throat> we are very blessed here at Ananda through the discipleship of our dear friend and teacher, Swami Kriyananda, whom provided us many things, many tools to expand our consciousness uh, and to attune to our guru ever greater. One of the many things that he gave us was the Astral Ascension Ceremony. And the Astral Ascension, Ascension Ceremony is used especially when uh, a soul leaves the body. 
and it's a prayer to that soul as they ascend to help support their journey in merging into that great vast ocean of bliss of light and in this astral ascension which encourages us to aspire toward perfect freedom in God and in that comes that knowing that we are a part of this great ocean of bliss and that we've never left that home and we no matter what we do we cannot change that and in many ways it is this aspiration it's this ascension of our love of human love to divine love it is that ascension of our our peace of our joy of all of these earthly qualities that we expand them into that divine realm which is not outside of us and so it's just like a school as our guru tried to remind us many times that we are in a school and we're learning increasing this knowing through personal experience and no matter how much you try to get out of this class that you're in by forging a note to the teacher that you have to you have to go or perhaps you pray really hard that the teacher may get sick so the class will be canceled no matter how hard you try there is no getting out of this school except one way which is graduation you have to graduate and for all of us this astral ascension ceremony that we read for our friends who are at that point near the graduation and we encourage their that last day that last moment to break free from that veil of separation now in this astral ascension ceremony I remember as I was reflecting on this recently in 2013 I was with Ananda Rhode Island at the time of Swamiji's passing and I remember I did the astral ascension for Swamiji and after doing the astral ascension ceremony I remember thinking this didn't feel right this didn't feel um, reflective of what's happening here and after I started thinking more about this it dawned on me of course Swamiji had already achieved this while he was here on earth and so for all of us why wait why wait for ourselves to graduate until we perhaps leave the body or have to come back again and again let's do this now let's do this here and let's also support each other just as we do when our friends are near to leaving the body we begin to become more compassionate understanding more loving more giving isn't it so let's do that now and let's pray for each other that we may all ascend that limitation of ego and so what I'd like to do is I like to read a portion of this astral ascension ceremony with us all and I invite you to close your eyes and feel and envision that this is your guru or this is divine mother or God praying for you now and feel God feel the guru with you within you around you 
praying for you and drinking these words as a vow, as an embrace of your soul's aspiration toward this perfect freedom in God. Claim your soul's freedom. Bless all who ever harmed you or ever wished you harm. Give them your love in your prayer for their freedom in God. Friend, cast from your heart all outward attachments. Realize that earthly goals, however shining, are but dreams. God is the only reality. Burn your earthly desires in the fire of wisdom. Burn earthly limitations in the blaze of inner freedom. Burn earthly disappointments in the flames of spreading peace. Burn earthly joys in the bonfire of divine bliss. See your physical form as a discarded garment. Clothed you now are in garments of radiant light. O oh, free soul, see your past actions as the scenes in a vast unfolding tapestry. Feast not your gaze wistfully on episodes already finished, but look ahead. New adventures await you, fresh, joyous victories as you advance toward perfect freedom. Divine Mother, receive this, thy child. Purify my chela, my child, in thy perfect light and love. Grant my child eternal freedom in thee. Om, Amen. And you can open your eyes. And so feel this power, this claim of the soul's thirst and yearning to be free. And we don't have to wait until we leave the body for our friends to remind us of this truth, of this power. We can do this now, each day, as we steadfastly embrace God through meditation, through service, through introspection. But as we read in the Astral Ascension, burn earthly desires in the fire of wisdom, burn limitations in the blaze of inner freedom, burn the joys in the bonfire of divine bliss. What is this burning that is spoken of here? Our guru said, of course, it is that bonfire of devotion that burns all of these seeds of past bad karma. Until then, we become free in knowing that we are a part of that divine ocean of bliss. But how do we do this? Our guru said very clearly, the charcoal doesn't become red by itself, but when the fire enters, it all becomes red and glowing. This, as we open to the grace of God, as we offer ourselves, we attract to us that love, that grace, that ultimately sets us free in that knowing that we are a part of that bliss. And so 
But we may ask ourselves, when I sit to meditate every morning, all I feel is distraction. All I feel is restlessness, doubt. The list goes on and on. Well, some good news for you. Swami Kriyananda wrote, and I'd like to read his words. <clears throat> Swami Kriyananda said that you may think I can never love God the way the great saints love him. I'll never have their fervor of joy. But you will find that as you keep reaching for God, he will uplift you. He will give you the power to find him. You can't generate that power yourself, but your love can draw that power to you. And so, friends, as we strive daily to give ourselves into that light, know that the more that you cultivate that devotion in your heart with feeding that fire of devotion, with the fuel given to you through the techniques, through chanting, through singing to God, treat the mind, as Ananda Ma said, like a delicate flower. Each day, feed the mind with thoughts of God, with thoughts of the Guru, singing to God. And as you do this, as you try to love ever greater God in meditation, God as joy, loving, serving each other, the more you attract to you that grace, which ultimately will illuminate for you and bestow that awareness that God is within you and around you. And I wanted to share just a brief story that um, each day I have the great fortune to walk the path. And no, I'm not speaking about the spiritual path that we're all, of course, have the blessing to walk. But there's a little path here at Ananda Village. Some of you may have walked it at one point or another. It's a, a path that goes across this big field here at Ananda Village. And of, recently, a couple of years ago, we um, installed this very large statue of our guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, very, very large. I don't know, maybe 15 feet, 20 feet. Um, and so each day I walk by this statue. And each day I walk by many, many mornings as I walk to the Sangha office to serve. I very often see one of my guru bhais sitting at the feet of the guru. And I thought this is the most beautiful reminder for us all, is how do we, as Swamiji said, to generate that power? We cannot do it ourselves, but your love can draw that power to you. And one of the best places for us to be situated to achieve this is at the feet of the Guru, to sit in that silence for a long time in prayer, in offering yourself at the feet of the Guru. This is where this purification, this is where this light begins to illuminate through the grace of the Guru. And if you can't sit for a long time, if you can't practice the techniques for a long time, don't accept this as your reality. Do not identify as someone who cannot meditate, but respond. Respond to this. We here at Ananda are here for you. We have many courses which can help support you. We have many ministers here. Reach out to us to help you, 
Do not accept this limiting reality. Because as you keep offering yourself into that silence of the soul, awakening will be this power. And when you sit in the silence, it's not enough just to sit in the silence with the mind wandering or even just the continued process of introspection. Our guru shared a very powerful quote which activates for us all the power of the techniques that he has given us to set us free from this bondage. He has given us Kriya Yoga. He's given us Hung Sa, energization. And if you do not have Kriya, contact us. We'd like to help support you on that journey. As our guru said, introspection or sitting in the silence is an unscientific way of trying to force apart the mind in the senses, tied together by the life force. The contemplative mind attempting its return to divinity is constantly dragged back toward the senses by the life currents. Kriya controlling the mind directly through the life force is the easiest, most effective, and most scientific avenue of approach to the infinite. In contrast to the slow, certain bullock cart theological path to God, Kriya may justly be called the airplane route. So practice your Kriya with that devotional yearning. And just how we measure is feel that increase of unity in your relation to everything outside of you. This is a good sign that you are getting close. And ultimately, this humility that was demonstrated so beautifully through the life of Swami Kriyananda, that on this path of awakening, that humility of knowing how we can achieve and to embrace the power that we read in the Astral Ascension is, as Swami Kriyananda, who demonstrated the life lived, which uh, reflect the process of our ascension, is through humility. And so beautiful when he was asked about his life, about his achievements, and probably the greatest achievement is that freedom that he portrayed to all of us, is of course, he said, I want to be known as a good disciple. And so this we can embrace. So do not get too overwhelmed by what we read in the Astral Ascension of burning all of these limitations in that light, in that love and bliss of God. But we can, each day, as a humble disciple, seek to give ourselves ever greater through whatever way that you see in front of you and know that the grace will guide you. And to close, I wanted to share that ultimately, as Bharat was sharing in this guided meditation that we did earlier, it is our giving at the point between the eyebrows, giving our whole life and listening for that response as we feel the soul, feel the heart with that yearning, reveal thyself, reveal thyself. And we have a great gift. We have the Guru. We have Divine Mother who is constantly there for us, trying to help us. And so seek each day to see your life 
see everything in your life and take the opportunity to offer it to Divine Mother of knowing that this is not your home. Your home is in God. Your home is in that infinite light, that infinite joy. And I wanted to close with reading these words from that Swami Kriyananda wrote, which comes from a book that he wrote called The New Path. In the last chapter of this large book is entitled The Final Goal. And so I'd like to read these words from Swamiji. Paramahansa Yogananda taught us above all that the true goal of life is union with God, devotion, self-offering, self-surrender, oneness in bliss in divine love. These are the entire purpose of life. In living for God, I have found the thrill of unceasing divine romance. Let me end this book by writing out, first in Bengali, then in English, a devotional song. And this song is, In this world, mother, no one can love me. And thoughts from it found expression in my two of my guru's favorite chants. And so I will not sing this in Bengali, but I'd like to close with reading these words in English. And I invite you to close your eyes and offer these words to Divine Mother as you feel as you're embracing that kingdom of heaven within you. Divine Mother, my desires have not yet been fulfilled, my hopes not yet realized. O oh, Mother, my earthly dreams have all fled away. Once more I call out from the pain of my heart. Mother, take me on your lap. O oh, Mother, my earthly dreams have all fled away. In this world, Mother, who, there, who is there that truly loves? In this world, they do not know how to love. There where true love is, there alone would my heart dwell forever. O oh, Mother, my earthly dreams have all fled away. Long, long have I called you, dearest one. How much longer can I keep on calling? For love of you, my heart is breaking. O oh, Mother, my earthly dreams have all fled away. Yet my hopes, alas, have not yet been fulfilled. And so ends my story. As Sister Gyanamata would often say, God alone, God alone. God bless you all. Come here while I sing you of emerald hills of valleys and meadows so fair that all who have seen them have carried away memories in their hearts friends like the lilacs of may oh my song is the story of the lilacs of may my song is the story of deer on the hills, of larks that soar seeking the sun, of nightingales lifting the curtain of night, 
as with music they bring down heaven's blessing of light. Oh, my song is the story of God's blessing of light. Come join me in singing of that emerald isle of flowers that like jewels best sprinkle the lee of waterfalls eager to embrace the wide sea as we with our maker united would be as we with our maker reunited would be Come here while I sing you of emerald hills, of valleys and meadows so fair, that all who have seen them have carried away memories in their hearts, friends, of the lilacs of May. Oh, my song is the story of the lilacs of May.